Welcome to the Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how Feng Shui can help you lead a more balanced and peaceful life. Now, here is Catherine. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Feng Shui Way. I am so glad you're with me today because we have a very interesting show and a wonderful guest who will be sharing her knowledge with us very shortly. Uh, before we begin, though, I'd like to take a moment to revisit some of the topics we have covered so far in various episodes of the Feng Shui Way. We have talked about conversations with your home, what's on your walls, and how it affects your productivity and mood, Feng Shui and healing trauma, and Feng Shui and angels, and much more than that. We've gone over how there are different schools of Feng Shui, the most common in the West being BTB but also classical feng shui. The reason I'm bringing that up is that some of these topics uh, point out how versatile feng shui can be and the many specialties that have emerged from it. I'd like to point out these versatilities because as you have probably figured out by now, in feng shui, one size does not necessarily fit all. Of course, there are basic truths, the use of the Bagua, intentionality, use of the elements, things like that. But still, it can be used in many ways for many different objectives. And today's objective is longevity. I think it's safe to assume that most people want to live a long, healthy life, and many take steps to help that process along. But who would naturally gravitate to using feng shui to help us achieve longevity? My guess is most of us have not put the two together, and that's why I am so glad we have our guest with us today. Cindy Garitone is the force behind Luminescence International School of Feng Shui. She has a longstanding career in interior design, working on both U.S. coasts and doing select projects in Europe. After earning her bachelor's degree in interior design from Iowa State University College of Design, Cindy began her career in Seattle and would later serve as president of the Oregon chapter of the American Society of Interior Designers. After a decade into her career, Cindy intuitively knew that design has the power to transform a space and that there was more to it, and so began her studies in feng shui. She sought more meaning in high-end design, not only for herself, but for the prosperity and health of her clients. Cindy has been certified in BTB Feng Shui since 1999, and in 2002 became a master educator in Interior Alignment School of Feng Shui and Space Clearing, which was founded by author and Feng Shui expert Denise Lin. She has been teaching Feng Shui certification for 18 years while integrating these principles into her ongoing interior design work. Cindy's mission in sharing and teaching this work is to help raise the frequency of our planet through empowering others to improve their personal environments. And today, she is going to help us understand the connection between feng shui and longevity. Welcome, Cindy Garitone. Oh, thank you, Catherine, for hosting me. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time and I appreciate the topic. So let's jump in. I'm sure everybody would like to know how this can benefit them. But, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty, why don't you, I mean, you've been teaching for a long time, so you've been practicing for a long time. You want to tell us a little bit about how it all started? 
Oh, sure. I, um, let's see, it was, you know, 19, it was actually 1998 when I was certified, but I, <laughs> it's all, you know, it's a long time blur. ago, <laughs> a long time ago. Oh. Um, and I, you know, I was interested in the health aspects of it, but it also brought meaning and depth to my design practice. And I was so excited about that in so many ways. And my goal was really to attract people who were interested in feng shui. And I put that intention out there and that's what started coming to me. Mm -hmm. So um, I had had a health struggle at the time with, um, I got into a skiing accident and oh, had, dear. Oh. yes, <laughs> I had to have, I ended up having to have a hip replacement. Oh my goodness. And I ended up having three because they put in two faulty prostheses. Oh, I know it was really crazy. I was kind of handicapped for a long time. It was about a year and a half recovery. But at the time I was in my house, I was looking saying, what is going on here? What's mm -hmm. the, what's the feng shui? And in, um, BTB, um, feng shui, we, we sometimes put a mystical body over the over the house floor plan to kind of look at the different health aspects. And um, when I, when I did that, you know, in my mind and on paper, it came into the left hip, um, which would be the right back corner of the house. Mm -hmm. And so I just studied a little and come to find out there were cracks in the wall there. The foundation was falling in. Oh my gosh. You know, I've been, no, please uh, finish your thought. I was, I no, got excited I just, there for a minute, but <laughs> no, it's just, um, I, I, I was flabbergasted. I was in a mm -hmm. house that was over a hundred years old, but I, but, you know, I was a believer before, but then I was like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So, um, there we go. What were you going to say? Well, it's an amazing thing because I was just speaking with someone this week about when something's going on with you, take a look at your surroundings. Um, how interesting that there was a crack in the foundation in your home, and then there was literally cracks in your own personal foundation. Like, how can you hold yourself up without a hip, right? Yeah, skeletal. skeletal. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I know. And I think, I do think there's some... I, I, People I talk to in the feng shui world, we don't, we're not skeptical. We understand this and we, we uh, teach others about it, but then there's the people out there who listen and it's like, eh, that's a coincidence, but you know, there really aren't any coincidences. You can really explain this. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> synchronicities are real. They yeah. are real. And we have to pay attention to them. Don't we, Catherine? <laughs> oh my goodness. Indeed we do. So, so from there, right? Yeah, All from there. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, from there, I um, I went to a, actually, I went to a conference um, and it was in Florida and I met Grandmaster Professor Lin Yun at that time. And it was in between lectures and he was doing blessings and, and he, um, I just walked up and thought, hmm, well, I'll see what's going on. It was very you know, green, really, I hadn't had a lot of experience. So um, he called me up there and I was with a cane because I was still recovering. Mm -hmm. And he did a cheat transfusion. I didn't know what he was doing. His assistant um, explained it to me. He was giving me a cheat transfusion to help me recover quicker. And, bef and, and before you go on, I just want to remind people who Professor Lin Yun is. He is oh. the one 
who brought the BTB tradition, the Western feng shui, to the West. He Thank simplified you. it for us. No, please go ahead. Your experience with him is fascinating. Oh, he, yeah. And he, I honor him so much. So mm-hmm. um, I had bought one of his little calendars. He's an artist and a healer and uh, so much more. Um, and I, I, I handed it to him after he did this transfusion and um, he he looked at it and he, I would, I wanted him to sign it, but he opened it up and he did a painting in the back of this oh, calendar. Wow. And he, it, Crystal said it meant connecting heaven and earth and that my purpose in my life was to teach the Tao. And I was, you know, in awe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can imagine. I, I just, you know, said, thank you. He wrote my name on it and I still have it obviously um, framed today in my office. But um, after that meeting, I I did not need my cane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. I felt like running out of there and I was, it was really an incredible life-changing experience. So, wow. so I took it to very seriously and I got mm-hmm. the opportunity to start teaching a couple years later with interior alignment and did that taught certification courses up until to 2020. And over the years in all my mentoring classes, I had wanted to bring more of professors work in because it's so vast and priceless. And oh, yeah. So I decided to create my own school in 2020. And with COVID, I got a chance to really write the program the way I wanted to mm-hmm. had the time and um, <clears throat> and started my new school, Luminescence. So it's been really, really a wonderful experience. And um, I'm doing what I enjoy. It's my passion. I love it so much. <laughs> so then you obviously... Um, uh, went down the road and you found a connection there with brain health, longevity and whatnot. Um, you want to, you want to tell us a little bit about how that emerged? Oh my gosh. Okay. This is very recent, Catherine. Um, I, this, this book, your brain on health just came out within the last year. These are very recent studies and I, I just read it in gosh, I guess, August, September and I just, I was just enamored with how many, you know, the pairings with feng shui and brain health are absolutely incredible and how, you know, you and I know it, we know mm-hmm. that changing a color in a room or putting up a piece of art that really um, connects with you, um, how that can really lift the energy and, and the chi in a room can change the energy as we know. Yeah. Indeed. Um, but we but had no idea after all these years of teaching health and feng shui classes, um, talking about all the adjustments and different things you can do. I had no idea. And believe me, um, I, I just want to say right now, those feng shui adjustments are extremely important and they're a layer, mm-hmm. a layer. But this is another really fabulous layer to our self-cultivation and to our lives in general and keeping these concepts in mind that they're, um, that this research is going to is amazing. So um, I had had, like I said, done classes on creativity and health and everything else, but this just stuck out for me. And I knew that this would change a lot of people's lives and 
for us as feng shui practitioners, it's going to make a big difference because we have science behind us now. (laughs) Well, right. (laughs) You know, some people just kind of poo-poo different things, but there's science and um, the research of these neuroscientists and these epidemiologists and the, how our brain connects to energy and frequency um, is is really wonderful and amazing. So, so is the is that what the book that you mentioned? What's the name of that book again? Our brain, your brain on art. Okay, uh, and then um, so the energy and the frequency. Um, it seems now we've heard this before, like with you know, Reiki and color um, therapy and things like that. But now they're connecting the feng shui to it as well. And, you know, it's not so much what we as practitioners believe. What we're trying to do as well is help help the layperson understand the many benefits of feng shui and how we can, you know, how it's enhancing our life. I'll bet you that's a story, you know, going back to your hip for a minute, that's probably a story that'll go down in infamy in your world, you know, um, for everybody that you cross paths with. And now you're reading studies about the um, the energy and the brain reacting to this energy. This is quite a, a quite a connection that's being made. It's, it's quite a connection. It really is. And um, the connection that um, it makes is um, amazing with the brain. What we, what they've learned is the brain is a feeler before a thinker. That's what they're learning. It, it feels um, the frequency of, of the colors it and it, it connects to it with different emotions. And, and of course in feng shui, we want to um, put up art that makes us feel good and lifts the energy and, and your brain is loving that also. If it can look at that um, in a room, it's, it's lifting um, the brain health. And there's so many things. The other thing is that nature, <laughs> mm. I mean, our, one of our most important, values and feng shui is to bring nature in and it is the most important frequency we have to enjoy and that is um, another way to create good brain health is to be out in nature and get that feeling um, of all these (laughs) neurochemicals in our brain so that we're calmer but it's um, and you know suggesting in self-cultivation to take a walk in nature, et cetera. But this is, these are at the heart, um, color as a frequency, art as a frequency, um, nature as a frequency. They're, they're at the heart of brain health and the heart of feng shui in many, many ways. And I'll go into it more, but um, they just really, our brains really react to um the emotions tied to it and create new pathways in our brain or synapses. And they let go of old pathways as if they didn't need it anymore. It's, it's called pruning and our brain actually does it. It's a way of clutter clearing Hmm. your brain. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So taking time to create this time for your health, um, they say 30 minutes a month can add on 10 years of longevity of taking the time to 
um, neuroaesthetics is what they're calling this new science, um, to go to an art gallery, to go see a performance in dance, to um, go to a theater, somewhere where you're just all encompassed in, um, in this for at least 30 minutes is a way to, you know, increase your brain health. And it, it's a, and feng shui covers a broad area of the arts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, you know, as an interior designer, I confirm this and as you as a feng shui practitioner, our our goals are to lift the chi energy of the person in the house and the environment around them. And we do this by helping them create beauty mm-hmm. and create places of calm. Um, um, definitely. Yeah. And through the five elements um, of nature and who knew that our, our brain was driving this the whole time. Right. <laughs> well, mean, you know, it, it's interesting because um, I think the second week into this particular um, um, feng shui, the feng shui way podcast, we did a whole thing on what's on your walls and how does it affect your mood and how does ah, it, you know, yeah, so we, we right. So we do know that, uh, I mean, I can literally walk into a room and I'm like, I'm, I got to get out of here. I can't stand, I can't stand the color in here or whatever. Um, And we can go into that. We're going to take a short break pretty soon. Um, But when we come back, we can get into maybe like, why would I react strongly to this color where you wouldn't, or, um, you know, that kind of thing where you can get it very personalized. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you have that broad, uh, thing that goes with everybody, which is, you know, the art and nature can calm us all down and bring bring uh, serenity into our worlds. But um, we'll take a break. And when we come back, uh, we'll pick it up there. Okay, sounds good. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The Feng Shui Way to Peace, Balance, and Abundance with Catherine Dean is about bringing the benefits of Feng Shui to the forefront, allowing everyone with an interest to learn and understand how its principles can work in one's day-to-day life. We'll demystify Feng Shui, show its many applications, and allow the listener to understand how and why it is so useful. The goal is to educate, entertain, and spread the word about using Feng Shui Way to bring about peace, balance, and abundance to one's life. The Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean, Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. 
She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to the Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. Have a question for Catherine or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5787. That's 866-472-5787. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm talking with Cindy Garatone, my guest today, who is connecting Feng Shui with longevity. And right before the break, we were talking about colors and how the brain, you were saying, Cindy, the brain uh, feels before it thinks. And I am thinking in terms of colors I like and how some people don't like colors that I like and why I, and so I'm curious about what's your understanding of why somebody would react strongly to a color uh, in a negative way that somebody embraces and just loves. Well, and actually with these new findings, it even um, emphasizes it more, but we are all so unique. Um, We're made up of different, well, we have different elements within us. We go through different times in our lives where one element might be um, in the forefront for us, like we might need more earth or we might need more metal, Mm -hmm. you know might move into a house that we have lots of color. It feels like the fire element. We might move into a house that has white and then we just dot the walls with the colors. So it depends on your the time of your life and what's happening in, in your unique way. But also what your brain is connecting to is um, your whole life, it has a, it has files on every second of your life and the memories mm-hmm. that come up and the emotions attached to it. And the way they, these pathways are created in your brain is when it connects to an emotion, um, that makes you feel good. There are also negative ones too, but the emotions that make you feel really good, um, it, it it starts working on these new pathways and it, you know, it's, so that's why, you know, putting this around you and creating this um, ambience in your home is super important for you because um, it's, it's more than just, we've known it in feng shui forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not news to us that the color, color changes the energy. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and the art changes our mood, and it changes our uh, motivation. It changes if we're going to take action. All the things that it does for us in our day, in our daily um, life. But um, what the the extra piece of this is is it means even more. If people don't think that it matters, it matters a lot, and it's mm-hmm. connected to your health because your brain speaks to the vagus nerve and and then it goes down to your digestive system. And when it's happy and triggering this wonderful, these wonderful um, neurochemicals, you, uh, you um, 
have a stronger immune system because your immune system is in what they call the parasympathetic mode where it's relaxed and you can, you have a better digestion. You have a stronger immune system. All these things happen to you. And this is where we want to try to be. And it's not easy in this world. No, not what it's there. Most people are in fight or flight. So it's really important to take this time to create that around you. And um, this is one of the things that I think is really important because what we do as practitioners is walk in and, and we start, you know, reading the energy and, oh my gosh, (laughs) I feel sorry for my husband. Sometimes we just try to go out and have a nice dinner and I walk into a restaurant (laughs) and it's like, oh, they got to change this. And why did they choose this color? And (laughs) it's, it's, it can be torturous sometimes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, (laughs) I do that with my daughter too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But you can see it in more practical terms. I think we can see exactly what you're talking about in classrooms Mm -hmm. and in. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah, classrooms are huge between the clutter and the primary colors and. Uh, you know, coats and boots everywhere. And it, it, it's, I, I mean, I'm amazed sometimes at at how we can hold it all together. And then the other part of it that where I've noticed it is in hospitals. They use the drabest, most depressing colors. There's binging and dinging and beeping everywhere. There's noise and confusion and, you know, just like chaotic, energetic, kinetic energy moving all around. How does anybody rest? How does anybody heal? I mean, Mm -hmm. this is where we should be applying some of these findings, I think. And they will will be big in the next decade. Um, And and they already are in hospitals. You know, they know that um, playing, you know, comforting music in um, the recovery um, helps helps people heal faster. So they they've already found that music has a big healing effect, and mm-hmm. that's part of the brain factor. Um, bringing that in, and in children's class, children are being there's a lot of studies they're doing on children and the way they develop. And, you know, they took a lot of art out of the educational systems thinking, oh, that's not as important. Oh, um, yeah. They even took recess out for a little while being outside and the different things that are so important for children. And um, now it's, I'm sure a lot of it's going to come back in because they've learned that they develop, they, they have more cognitive clarity. Mm-hmm. They, um, they have more, they've learned empathy more um, doing a lot of these different studies with children and they have more confidence. It's really incredible. And uh, yeah, the, these are ongoing studies. I'll talk to you. We, mm-hmm. I can tell you about, but um, they're happening and <laughs> you hit it right on the head and it's happening in hospitals and class. It'll be a big change in classrooms. Um they may be piping in music for children also because they're finding that musicians um they have a clear uh clear cognitive abilities because they're they're in creating this music and their brain, you know, their brain is continually working on these new synapses synapses as they're as they learn more music. And as this music 
um, as it as it puts them in um, this state of awe, which I'm going to talk about. It's um, the state our brains love to be in a state of awe. How well, do you like I, I I I want to talk about that, but I don't want to get too far away from the school hospital thing um, yet. Uh, and I wrote down state of awe, so I I will be sure to ask about that because I'm very curious. But there are a couple of significant things for well for one i happen to be a little known fact to people who listen to this podcast i happen to sit on a school board where i live and every year we do tours of the classrooms we do elementary we do the middle school we do the high school and it's the elementary school classrooms boy i can i, I can spot like i can spot a classroom where i can tell on point, calm, you know, the teacher's in control, uh, her desk is organized, the shelving unit is organized, the the colors might be there, but not in overabundance. Um, and then there's others where there's just big blocks of primary color and everything behind the, the board is like there's stickers and posters and whatnot. And oh my goodness, I don't know how the kids can sit and, and relax enough to take in the information. But one thing about the school district where I'm a board member is um, we do not sacrifice art. However, um, I was watching um, 60 Minutes. We were watching 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago and Stephen Van Zandt from uh, Bruce Springsteen's band, uh -huh. and he played in The Sopranos. Well, he was talking about art in schools. He was asked about the vulnerability of art and music program in schools. And I was so impressed by his answer, I wrote it down. So this is this is his words. Okay. People don't people don't understand we're the only country in the world that thinks art is a luxury. Everybody else in the world understands that art is an essential part of the quality of life. And so um and and it seems like my school district understands that too. We we protect those things. But your thoughts? You can you you mentioned it before. If you want to extrapolate on what Stephen Van Zant had to say about it. Oh, I love him, of course. And <laughs> I, you know, it's it's true, and it's you know, so it's either you can either be a beholder or a maker in this in this situation for your brain health and having the children. Um, you know, engage in art and creating something and, you know, hopefully not being judged for it, but using their, their abilities to create and enjoy this will not only helps, you know, their everything, like he, it helps them concentrate, you know, and have clarity. And, you know, it is true around the world, art and music are in the forefront, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, in Europe yeah. and, and it's that that those are the important those are the cultural things of you know of their countries and somehow the united states got a little bit behind and pushed into productivity and thinking that yeah. the brain always has to be productive and and that doing art and those kind of things are not productive but with the all these studies that are happening, they're going to have to change their mind here and um, really take a look at it and and really honor what it gives us. So, um, it, and interestingly enough, you know, we have a hundred 
billion neurons in our brains. And these ones, uh, I said this in a lecture recently, are they look like little trees. We have hmm. 100 billion little trees in our bodies that are constantly wanting to create new pathways. Oh my gosh. I know. Isn't that trees of all things? It's really beautiful. I mean, we are closer to nature than we could ever imagine. Um, It's, and you know, the trees have networks below the ground and we have networks in our brain. It's kind of like, this is really (laughs) pretty interesting because our our brains know what they love. And um, it just, I don't know. Um, did I get off the question? I don't know if I did or not. I don't know. I kind of like where you're going here. You know, I'm thinking <laughs> in terms of, you know, trees in our brains, it, it, trees are so important in feng shui. We, you oh. know, the wood element, the wood energy, creation, growth, oh, all of that. Expansion. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. And How, uh, very interesting that we would have something that looks like trees that are, is actually part of our brains. Thank you. I mean, I, I was, when I figured that out, I was like, are you kidding me? This is, this is really incredible. And we have, I can't even, can't even imagine that number of a hundred billion nerves and, and how we file all these things in our brain and how that works. It's just kind of amazing. So I'm excited that they're they've really discovered this neuro arts and um, the neuroplasticity is what how our brain reorganizes um, rewires it it um, like I said it prunes the old pathways that we don't need any longer and it creates the new ones and and we can do this not you know um, when we walk into our home and feel this energy. Our goal is to create um, the surroundings for us that, you know, we've always known this to lift the chi as feng shui right. practitioners. This is why this has been around for 3000 years. Yeah, you know? right, right. Uh, they, they didn't have the scientists and neurologists to um, create these studies, but they knew um, over all these thousands of, of these centuries that it made a difference. And, um, and when you think about energy, um, and they'd call it salient decisions that the brain is making on a minute to minute basis, like for intention, it decides where it wants to go. And we know where our intentions go. That's where the, the energy goes into mm-hmm. our, so there's another thing. It's so like, there's that another feng shui connection right there. Yes. Yep. Yep. I, I mean, it's kind of amazing. I and mean, it's like, thank you for really um, showing us that what we've been doing all these years, and then we knew made a difference, makes a huge difference in people's lives. So it sure does. Oh, yeah. So, um, I was, I was pretty thrilled to, um, to learn about this and, you know, it just goes on and on because, um, when we talk about, um, when you mentioned, or did we mention clearing clutter for the brain? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you brought it up and I do want to get into that too. Um, What can you tell us about that pruning? Well, um, it's, it's something that the, that the little neurons do. If, if we are in a place where we are connected um, for an example, this is a very tiny example, but what if we're working with a client and we have 
let's say there's several different ideas we can use to balance the elements. And we're talking about the different things that we might do. And one of them, the the client just lights up and goes, oh, oh. I'd, love to, I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. That's when they're connecting. That's when they're connecting emotionally. And um, they, that's, and that's the adjustment that, you know, we want to tell them to do because they've connected with it. And when they see that it's going to lift, lift the, um, the pathways in the brain. And when you are connected to a pathway emotionally, um, it, it puts it into memory a lot more with more strength. So it creates this new pathway and it's kind of like, it's kind of like you found a new path where you used to walk and you decide you don't need the old one. So mm-hmm. it just kind of, we don't use it anymore. And that's what the brain does. It just decides that. Um, and does the it, brain seek, d- does a person seek that out or is it, does it happen by uh, happenstance? Well, it happens by happenstance. I would say from in the past, mm-hmm. unless they have a practitioner say how much, you know, this means to you and your in, in the frequency of your home. However, now it's going to be as important as exercise, as going to work mm-hmm. out. I mean, I think people are going to include this in their lives and their environment in their homes, which they can adjust and create this harmony and, and balance and, and feeling actually for their brains um, is pretty incredible um, to think about. It's a, it's a huge starting point. Um, So, and a reminder for them to, (laughs) to, um, you know, take care of their brain health. So, well, yeah, this is what is emerging loud and clear, um, which we can get into after the break. But, uh, you know, the brain is kind of controlling the bigger picture. Now we know that uh, uh, in all other areas of life, but we're making that connection between the brain, then the vagus nerve, then the gut, immunity, to longevity. And so this is how we're piecing it all together. And when we come back from our break, um, we can we can uh, go into that just a little bit more. Good. Thank you. Okay. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Did you know that the quality of our daily lives is directly influenced by the design of our built environment? Our homes, our work, the way we move and where we play are all shaped by the design of our cities. This thought-provoking new show from architect, urban designer, and educator, Carrie Pennebod, examines the complex forces that shape the making of our physical world. Lively conversations with leading experts in a variety of fields engage some of the greatest challenges facing our cities today, including climate change, affordable housing, embedded technologies, infrastructure design, architecture and the arts, urban policy, social mobility, and much, much more. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, so that together we can design a better world. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to the Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. Have a question for Catherine or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5787. That's 866-472-5787. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Catherine Dean, and we're talking with Cindy Garatone, Feng Shui consultant who has connected the the, uh, benefits of Feng Shui with brain health and longevity. And before the break, we were talking about that brain, gut, immunity, longevity connection. And you also had mentioned about clearing pathways um, and then the clutter clearing. Well, what I'd like to know is uh, what can you tell us more about the clutter clearing of the brain? Well, um, and I want to go back to the the new pathways. Mm -hmm. This is all, it's all based on um, neuroaesthetics, which is our brain's connection to um, color and art and through emotion. And, and I I just want to say that, you know, besides the fact that they're saying 30 minutes a day um, can add 10 years to your life, 30 minutes a month can add 10 years to your life longevity. They are now, uh, they are now saying epidemiologists are now saying um, that it can reduce the risk of disease. (laughs) Oh, wow. I know it's huge. Yeah, that is huge. Um, And they, and, and they've done these epidemiologists have been doing studies um, for years on this and doctors are actually writing prescriptions to go visit art galleries for some people that have, um, you know, immune disorders or um, something wrong with their health. It, it, they're learning that going and immersing yourself in this is, really, really good for you, for your, for your health. So our DNA needs this mm-hmm. <laughs> for our health needs art and neuroaesthetics. So, um, you know, good brain health means good, um, good longevity. So, and the benefits of really having you, what the brain does when it's creating these new pathways and pruning out the old ways is, um, it's, it's creating more clarity for you mm-hmm. so that when you do your intentions, your, your intentions are stronger with mm-hmm. more certainty. Um, it tunes up your intuition so that you are more likely to trust it. Yeah. Um, you feel happier because you're reducing stress. Yeah. Um, you have more calm. So you're putting yourself into that parasympathetic mode in your nervous system. And, um, you kind of feel limitless in a way you can step out and take action for things. You might smile a lot more um, and it adds years to your life. So you can't really go wrong if you no, no, you can't. And and I, it's not lost on me and any other feng shui professional out there that 
what you are describing that we're doing for our brains and our bodies, that's exactly what we're helping people do with their homes. You know, settle your home down, get that chi moving, get it moving in a direction that's supportive of you. Um, It's an incredible uh, comparison parallel. It really is. Yeah, Yeah, it's really pretty amazing. Yeah. So is there a method to the pruning or is it something that happens when um, you're seeking new things or, you know, is why don't you walk us through that a little? Um, The pruning. (laughs) Um, It's when you're in that, if you're either in an art class and your brain is being able to be Mm -hmm. creative and it's tapping into its emotions and your emotions and your story and the colors you're attracted to at the time. And, and that creates um, those little neurons to want to create new pathways and, and they just let go of the old ones. I mean, if it could be so easy for us um, when we're clearing clutter um, I mean, sometimes it's not as easy for our brains to let go of certain things. But when you get in this um, either beholder or maker state to, to create good brain health, um, that's where we want to be, where it's lifting your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want to talk, I would, I'd love to talk a little bit about being in a state of awe. Oh, yeah. You know, I did want to ask you about that. Oh, I'm God. all ears. Yeah. <laughs> That's great because this um, this is what they've they've really it was a neuroscientist that um, that I mean that they've studied how we we're connected in our DNA to to this state of awe because we're so connected to nature and you know when you get up to a, an incredible view and you're just yeah. you know it's just yeah. breathtaking that that our brains are just, just love it. It's like brain yoga. It's brain, mm-hmm. you know, meditation. it's, it's getting into that, um, neurobiological state of awe. And there was a neuroscientist named Bo, um, Lotto that did some, um, experiments. Well, not experiments. He did, um, research on people that went to Cirque du Soleil and he, um, he actually recorded part of the audience's brain activity yeah. and they were in the state of awe. They and don't ask me how they figure it out, but then <laughs> the neuroscientists have a way of knowing when the brain is in a state of neurological state of awe mm-hmm. and hundred percent of those participants were in the state of awe being in this performance. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And. Oh, wow. And his conclusions to this, I mean, he studied it, um, was that when we experience awe, differences between people just dissolve. They become irrelevant because it enables us to just embrace, appreciate, and celebrate diversity. That's one of his quotes. Um, Oh, wow. We move through uh, so much of the stuff (laughs) that we just feel so good that differences fall apart. And yeah, that can't be ignored, right? No, especially in these times, anything that can bring us together. And I think that if we look back on our own personal experiences, we can say, yeah, that happened to me when I remember my husband and I went to a play. uh, We went to a musical that came to town and I 
loved it. I absolutely loved it. And my husband and I were walking out and I was like still moving to the groove and everything. And, and I remember saying to him, I loved that. And this woman behind me said, I loved it too. And I said to her, not as much as I did. And we laughed. It brought us together. Like my husband laughed, she laughed, I laughed. We didn't know each other, but it connected us. That gave me goosebumps. Yeah, I'm telling you, and I'll bet you anything that people out there listening, can they have an experience like that where art or music um, put them in that state. I I would think, too, that that would be what how you could explain how people are moved to tears with beautiful music or beautiful artwork. Absolutely. That's it. It's physical. Mm -hmm. They are moved to tears. And, you know, like I just had goosebumps listening to your story and it really transforms us physically. Yeah. Um, So in and engaging in that that it's multi-sensory, our, our senses are, you know, stimulation. Um, our brains will absolutely love that. And, and I'm not saying we need to have a Cirque du Soleil in our, in our homes, right. Right. <laughs> I, but we that would be hard, <laughs> but we can do it on a smaller level, right? We can yeah. have the music, we can have, um, you know, the things that we enjoy, the colors we enjoy and these um, things that really, engage our senses textile I mean like the textiles and the different things for touch and smell and sound and and bringing that in is is just super important for everybody and um yeah and who knew that would lead to you know good immunity and good brain health and longevity that I mean it's you know I was curious you you mentioned studies before are there any ongoing studies that you're aware of? Yeah, they have quite a few ongoing studies and I and I couldn't even tell you all of them, but I know mm-hmm. National Endowment for the Arts has ongoing studies and a lot of the research that you will really appreciate is is with children. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and how they learn um and what really lifts their cognitive abilities and um and one one uh study was on Uh, movement therapy for children to foster empathy. And who would have ever thought of that? But we can always use more empathy in our world. Oh my goodness. Empathy and connection. Yes, we could use a lot more of that. There's no, no question. And dancing is now prescribed for Parkinson's disease. Um, For people with Parkinson's, the movement with that to, you know, and um, so the National Endowment for the Arts is also doing more studies on the intensive care units in hospitals and yeah. how they can quicken recovery for people. And so we might see some changes in colors. Oh, um, that would be wonderful. That would, that would, uh, I mean, that's just my intention. I want to see people heal and, you know, have the hospital be a place where they actually can go and get better and not stagnate. You know, it's, um, yeah, I want to see that happen. You know, we're we're wrapping up pretty soon, and there's a couple more things I want to cover. So I wanted to ask you, um, you know, what are some simple adjustments that we could do, um, feng shui adjustments that we could do uh, for good brain health that, you know, someone could do today or every day? Oh, my gosh. There's some very simple ones, um, the simplest being... One of them is to uh, the good morning 
One is to open your front door, which is the mouth of chi, mm-hmm. and let all that fresh air in. And and if it's nice enough weather outside, there are over 700,000 nerve endings in your feet. And if you walk out and stand in the grass, um, this goes directly up to your brain, oh, awakens wow. the senses, and um, then you take all that fresh air and fresh chi back inside um, with you, the fresh smells of nature, and you're excited from the bottom of your feet all the way up. Um, <laughs> so I would think that if you live in a high rise, opening a window, or would you have to go down to street level? No, you know, that's where maybe a little more imagination comes in or esoteric, you may have to just imagine opening your door yeah. and having all the fresh air come in if you're in a high rise through through the front front door of the building, because um, you're probably not going to walk down in your bathrobe and out right. to, to stand. But, you know, just getting that fresh air and using your imagination, I can see where that would be um, quite helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and so... What I'm thinking, well, actually, I'm just noticing the time. So I did want to ask you about your your course that you um, that you teach. I am assuming there's a lot of these tidbits in the in your course. You want to well, tell I us have, about uh, that? Yes, absolutely. I have my certification courses. Um, it will have a lot of tidbits in it um, because there's so much to integrate um, and it's new. So um, I'm just starting a new course and I people can enroll till January 1st. But um, I do very small um, certification courses so that I have a lot of one on one time and we go over all, of course, all the elements and layers of feng shui and the history and the cures, floor plans, kitchen design, landscape design. Um, fabrics and what they represent in elements. And all this will be tied to brain health. I know that my curriculum is probably going to change quite a bit because I'm going to add this into a lot of my certification courses. And um, yeah, we meet month um, weekly um, with a live Zoom class. So um, and well, we- I mean, for everything that you have taught us in this hour, and for everything that you have learned prior to today, I mean, how can you bring a group of students together and not go over this and spread the good word? Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. it is very, very exciting. It's, um, you know, I'm thrilled that there's just another avenue of feng shui that we can, you know, helps us promote, um, you know, because I feel like it's it's the key to so many of our you know, it's a solution to so many things, but I wanted to, um, I, I hate to do it, but we're we're out of time. And I want to thank you, Cindy Garitone, for being with us today. Uh, it's been a great hour of information and who knew <laughs> and um, all about feng shui and longevity. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And um, you can contact Cindy where? Um well, I'm on Instagram, Luminescence Feng Shui School at Luminescence Feng Shui School, or I'm at Cindy at Cindy Garotone Interior Design.com. All right, very good. And you can reach me at Catherine Dean Feng Shui.com. And thank you everyone for joining us. Have a good thank night. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thanks for tuning in to The Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean. We hope today's episode has helped you understand the importance of feng shui in everyday life. 
Until we talk again, enjoy your week as you welcome in peace, balance, and abundance.